0: Hello, and welcome to Beyond Survival, the new teacher podcast. My name is Jamie Tom. Today is this week's episode of Teacher Talks, which is a 15 minute talk that discusses some aspect of teaching in 15 minutes or less. And today's talk, I'm going to look at a focus on resilience and I'm going to explore what we can do to become more resilient. And I'd like to start that talk by looking a little bit about what exactly we mean by the elusive quality of resilience. And a journey through the etymology of resilience provides some justification for why I believe is absolutely vital in any discussion about teacher wellbeing. So it stems from the Latin resilience, the present participle of resilire, meaning to rebound, to recoil. And the root part of that, the RE, means back, and resilience means to jump. And that's where we've got today's meaning of the word resilience. So it's often used in terms of adapting in the face of adversity, bouncing back, persevering and coping. It relates to how we adapt to stressful situations and experiences in order to protect ourselves from further stress. So if that helps us a little bit with a definition, what are the qualities of these people who seem to be lucky enough to demonstrate that resilient personality and mindset? those annoying people who just seem to be really, really calm and tranquil, who smile and embrace all challenges. Whereas you've got people like me, on the other hand, who might sometimes give an impression of being in control, but underneath that calm surface, there's a furious cacophony of paddling, worry, fear, and concern. And just to clear up a misconception here, people who are resilient, of course, do experience feelings of stress, feelings of anxiety. But one of the things I think is really important is they're not governed by them. So they have at their core five qualities. The first is they have perspective. So they are not paralyzed by feelings of difficulties. Instead, what they have is a healthy level of detachment and a belief that challenges allow for opportunities for growth. The second is they have commitment. So a resilient outlook means that you are committed to the goals and projects you want to see through, qualities of perseverance, determination. Resilient individuals have control. They focus their energies on the things which they have control over. And this kind of mindset is crucial in developing self-efficacy and also confidence. And it comes with a sort of recognition that the past can't be changed, but the future is yet to be written. This one's my favorite one, they're optimistic. So higher levels of resilience help to work against feelings of pessimism, which can be really overwhelming. And a healthy optimism instead can create a buoyant and positive individual. Finally, a last really important one is compassion. So, people who have resilience can step outside of their internal narrative in order to appreciate and consider how other people might be feeling. And that's really useful and supportive in terms of building up positive relationships which for this talk in the context of working in a school and education is absolutely vital. So, that's some qualities that these resilient people seem to demonstrate. But is it possible for us to build up resilience? And how do we go about building resilience? Because I think resilience has an almost a mystique about it. It seems like the other people, more robust people, magically have it. While some of us were missed off the list when it was being dished out. What I want to show in the next 10 minutes is that resilience is actually something that we can train, build and develop. So I'll look at three things. In fact, no, I'll look at four things. I'll look at grit and determination. I'll look at brain development. I'll look at this slowing down to build resilience and I'll look at core motivation. Now, beneath any external display of resilience, in the face of stress and anxiety, there is real grit and effort. There's a set of learned tools and principles that are being applied. And if we take an example, and I think think it's impossible to discuss the cultivation of resilience without considering the experience of Nelson Mandela. So 27 years in prison is going to teach you a lot about inner fortitude. And Mandela's story speaks of the power, the innate power of human beings to persevere in the face of adversity. And his autobiography, one of my favorite quotations from anything, but in his autobiography, Long Walk to Freedom, he wrote, I am fundamentally an optimist. Whether that comes from nature, or nurture, I cannot say. Part of being optimistic is in keeping one's head pointed towards the sun, one's feet moving forward. There were many dark moments when my faith in humanity was solely tested, but I would not and could not give myself up to despair. That lays, that way lays defeat and death. Brilliant stuff. I'm going to interconnect that with one of my favourite books that really about teaching and about leadership in general, which is Daniel Goleman's book, Emotional Intelligence. And reading that for me really changed my perspective on how I work and how I think about my own resilience and well-being. And this is what Daniel Goleman said about hope. Having hope means that one will not give in to overwhelming anxiety, a defeatist attitude, or depression in the face of difficult challenges or setbacks. It's more than the sunny view that everything will turn out right. It is believing you have the will and the way to accomplish your goals. So one of the ways in which we can build resilience is by taking that individual responsibility and recognising it in part What we have to demonstrate, and I think this is so connected with working with young people, one of the things we have to do is take that optimism and that determination that we do have the capacity deep within us to work our way through challenges and issues. Now, that's excitingly interconnected with neuroplasticity. So, in 2014, Bruce McEwen, who's head of the laboratory of neuroendocrinology, which is a very difficult word to say, at Rockefeller University in New York City, published a paper that looked at the impact of stress on the brains. And the authors provided a conclusion that should give all teachers some of Nelson Mandela's optimism. And here's a short extract. Beyond recognizing resilience as achieving a positive outcome in the face of adversity, the flexibility of the brain based upon healthy architecture, emerges as a primary consideration. We have seen that brain architecture continues to show plasticity throughout adult life. and Studies of gene expression and epigenetic regulation reveal a dynamic and ever-changing brain. Now that sounds absolutely brilliant, but what on earth does that mean? It is in fact something that's really encouraging. It's invigorating to know that we have a dynamic and ever-changing brain. So it shows our capacity to grow and develop throughout adulthood and to challenge negative internal dialogues and exaggerations. And those exaggerations and internal dialogues can be about how we categorize ourselves. I'm always really, really quick to define myself as an anxious person. and I know that's impacted my ability to manage challenges in the past. So neuroplasticity, as I mentioned at the start there, is really helpful to counter fixed thinking about our behavior. It's the ability of the brain to form and recognize connections and pathways. And scientists used to believe that the brain was fixed and by the age of 25, we were effectively hardwired. Now, the more accepted belief is that we're not actually hardwired and that we have the capacity to rewire aspects of our brain. Now, one way we can do that is by taking things very very slowly in that development and to enhance our resilience it requires that discipline and that effort that I mentioned at the start. And the clinical psychologist Meg Jay I spent two decades studying adult development, looking at concepts of resilience and how we can bounce back after experiencing challenges. And she's got a book which is a really interesting read called Supernormal. And she talks about resilience as a heroic struggle. And she says it's really a battle, not a bounce. And highlights the fact that building resilience is an ongoing process. And I like to think about The focus on our mental abilities and the training of it is very, very related to how we look at physical abilities if we want to become fitter, if we want to come stronger. And it's also about that self-awareness and how we use our emotional responses and reflections of them throughout the day. So another thing that can really, really help is by looking at our degree of perfectionism. So lower levels of perfectionism, perfectionism, excuse me, rather, tend to predict resilience. So we have to really try and work to let go of the pursuit of perfection, which ultimately, perfection is unachievable. So the pursuit of a resilient mindset, which is open and optimistic, seems to me to be a much more sensible strategy. And what about this from a quotation from Eleanor Roosevelt, the former U.S. First Lady, to help. So you gain strength, courage and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You are able to say to yourself, I have lived through this horror. I can take the next thing that comes along. You must do the thing you think you cannot do. Brilliant. I love that line. You must do the thing you think you cannot do. I'm going to finish on core motivations. So one thing that can help us to persevere through the setbacks we're going to face in our teaching, in our day working in a school, is reflecting on our core motivations for going into education. And that intrinsic motivation, that motivation that's deep within inside us all is different for everyone who works in education, for all teachers. But I'm gonna argue there's some commonalities. The first is a passion for learning or a particular subject and a passion for working with young people and seeing them flourish and develop. When we lose sight of that core motivation, it's really easy to slide into apathy, into resentment. And we forget the optimism and sense of purpose we feel and we felt when we stepped inside of the classroom for the first time. And I think channeling and holding on to that, particularly at the start of our career, is a really helpful way to sustain us when things might get more difficult. And we can recognise the impact, the really, really positive impact having on life's on a daily basis, in the work we do, it might not be transformative, the young people might not be dancing on the desks, but they'll be quietly there. And staying open minded and holding on to a belief in that capacity to change, grow, and develop as an individual is essential in building our resilience. And I'm a big fan of stoical philosophy, and I might end this talk. A quotation from the Roman statesman Seneca who went through an absolutely terrible life and his quotation on resilience is really really interesting. If you really want to escape the things that harass you what you're needing is not to be in a different place but to be a different person. So we really have to take ownership of those triggers and put in that determination to try and work through and learn from them to build resilience. So I hope this has been a helpful talk at the start of your week and I wish you all the best for the week ahead and if you do think this will be helpful for somebody else as always if you do pass it on I'm really really grateful and there's now over 30 brilliant interviews and talks that can share and hopefully help with that process. Okay, best wishes for the weekend. Thank you.